you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Lena McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. It's Friday. It's a beautiful day, at least out here. I, I can't speak for the East Coast, but uh, we got some Cowboys signings to talk about, and people are upset <laughs> that they aren't who oh, wow. they expected, but they are. Well, I was going to say, you could have just left it at people are people upset. People are upset. That's true. <laughs> That's just, true. People are always upset with the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, Landon, we've got some signings that we need we to talk about for the Dallas Cowboys, specifically on the defensive line. Uh, the Cowboys signed, I believe, three defensive linemen yesterday. Uh, we talked about Carlos Watkins on Thursday's show, uh, but let's start with Brent Urban, the the first or the, excuse me, the second signing the Cowboys made, uh, a defensive tackle who spent most of his career in the AFC. Last year, he played with the Chicago Bears uh, and actually played pretty well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Urban signing and how he can help the Cowboys defensive line? I, I really like the Urban signing because uh, it was really you know a cheap cheap deal. It cost them almost nothing. I think it it costs less than than like what they got back from uh, from cutting Chris Jones honestly. Um, and, and basically what he is is he is a kind of rotational interior defensive lineman who is just an absolute monster against the run. I mean he's big, he's strong, he's like six seven I think is what they listed him at three hundred pounds. He looks bigger than that. Um, he's got really solid lower body. Uh, he's got good flexibility. He can get low and kind of twist around and and, and take on a lot of, of of double teams and and really is decent about moving the pocket and, and being effective at uh, blowing up run schemes. He's not much of a pass rusher. I mean, that's that's not to be surprised. I mean, that's why you, you get a contract the way he did, right? Uh, at being so good at, at, against the run is that, you know, obviously the, you're getting paid for pass rush at defensive line nowadays. Uh, but, I mean, for what the Cowboys need, a, a guy who could come in and uh, give them really solid uh, uh, snaps against the run inside, he could be a mm-hmm. guy who maybe, you know, I don't know if he's going to start over uh, – Antoine Woods, but he could be a guy that could provide more solid run defense and at least keeping the guys cleaner on the second level, right? Um, So I I think he is a a guy that was a very, you know, kind of they saw they saw an issue with the defense. He could be a solution to a part of that issue, um, and it was a really cheap deal considering what they're getting uh, out of it. You know, I mean, a guy who can actually kind of help, really help the run defense in a way that that you know a lot of these other guys don't necessarily. Um, you know, the, the downside again is that he's not much of a pass rusher. I think one of the interesting things is that. You know, I was talking to John Owning, and I think you were in this conversation too. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they've started to sign some more of these guys, you notice that, you know, uh, uh, Carlos, like, I already forgot his name. Carlos the, Watkins. Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins, because like, oh, Carlos Basham, right? I'm sorry to get all these yeah. names. Carlos Watkins, you know, as another guy, came from a two-gap, you know, principal team. And, um, and I'm wondering if someone like uh, Watkins, someone uh, like Urban, 
if those guys, obviously they're going to spend some time inside. I also wonder if maybe we don't see a little bit of the kind of elephant package stuff that we used to see with Seattle back in the day where they would have two gappers on the outside playing defensive end. They used to have, I don't know if you guys all remember Red yeah. Bryant, yep. but uh, he he used to be really massive, massive, massive defensive end. And this is this guy's like that. You know, he's not 330 or whatever Red Bryant was when he played, right. but uh, but right. he's he's a very large human being. He looks like a offensive tackle. He looks like a five technique. So I definitely think you're going to see a lot of him playing inside at the one technique, uh, taking on double teams, uh, uh, you know, potentially maybe as the the kind of nose tackle in like a three-man front, right? Because he's long and tall. He can push the pocket. Maybe he's not going to get there, but he can get his hands up because he's got such long arms and knock passes down. So uh, I, I like this signing a lot. It's not, you know, a a flashy uh, Tomlinson type nose tackle signing, but it's a guy who can come in here, give you extremely, extremely solid snaps against the run. Uh, and, you know, won't be uh, a liability against the pass as long as you're not relying on him to, to sack the quarterback. So, so the goal here for the Cowboys is probably to have urban play. What? 30% of the snaps. Does that seem like the right amount? You know, if you look at his usage on previous teams, he's, he, he rarely was ever like a starter on any of the other teams like but I mean, yes i think to get to your point where he has been really effective is as a rotational run defender you know i think he played something like i could be wrong and please don't hold me to this but i thought he played something like 700 snaps last year or something yeah. close to that yeah he was a big player for them so he, he actually that's too many though that's too yeah many. I, I agree and i think that i think that as part of a rotation again as part of a rotation with someone like antoine woods maybe even a third person that is kind of doing duty between three technique and one technique. Uh, I, I think he will. Uh, it will be a solid rotation right now if you have just Woods and, and Urban uh, at your, as your one technique kind of rotational group. Yeah, I think the, the goal here, obviously, 25 30% of the snaps. If you need more, he can give it to you. But I think to have him you know, be a first down run defender, you can use him in goal line situations, end of the game stuff, if you need him, you know, short, you know, any of that kind of stuff. I think he makes sense, and at least now between Woods and Urban, you have two capable bodies. I think Urban is better than Woods, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised right. if Urban starts. Is it great? No, but is it upgrade? Is it an upgrade over what you had last year? Yes. And uh, let's kind of talk about the the next move in you know with it because I do think they almost tie together, uh, and that's Terrell Basham, uh, the the defensive end of the Cowboys had a lot of interest you know coming out of. Uh, school in 2017 he's a bigger defensive end he wasn't all that productive for the Colts they moved on and became a 3-4 outside linebacker for the Jets which to me I don't feel like suits him at all I think he's a base 4-3 end Uh, this is a pretty cheap deal as well two years six million at the very most Uh, it looks like it's going to be more about two years two and a half million uh, per year Uh, what did you think of this signing I wasn't so sure how to think about it at first. You know, I, I do know that Basham, despite playing probably pretty out of position at, at kind of outside linebacker, uh, I know that he was their best pass rusher from the outside for the Jets last year. And that's not saying a ton, right? <laughs> because they had probably the, mm-hmm. one of the worst outside pass rushes in all of the NFL. But still, I mean, I think you're bringing this guy in to be kind of a rotational defensive end. You know, this is a guy who's going to uh, mix it up with Dorrance Armstrong to see exactly uh, his snap count or his snap share. Um, and, and, you know, the money kind of dictates that as well. And, and I think that if you're looking at it from that point of view, he's a guy that I think has a little bit 
you know, maybe some upside here or at least some improvement that he can make by kind of getting his hand back in the dirt and playing that sort of traditional defensive end. Um, I, I think he's a guy who's got some athleticism, has got some ability to turn the corner. Um, I think as a rotational defensive end that's part of a group, this is a this is a good signing. This isn't a guy that he, you're signing to start over Randy Gregory opposite, you know, on the other side of the defensive end. This is a guy that you're adding to a rotation who – uh, I think could be a more suitable replacement for uh, Demarcus Lawrence when he has to come out than than you know someone like Dorrance Armstrong. I think he's a little yeah. bit more solid against the run than some of the other defenders, the defensive ends on this on the, this roster, uh, and I think he can give you. And a part of the reason, part of the problem that we had with Demarcus Lawrence last year is that he had to play a ton of snaps all the time because if you took yes. him off the field early in, in in rundowns, they were getting gashed already, and now you've taken away their best run player. And if you take him off the the the, the you know field on, in pass downs, now you're 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 kind of denying one of the most consistent pass rushers, probably the creator of the pass rush that's you know creating for the other guys. So I, I think for the Cowboys, they got a guy who you know obviously this is not Demarcus Lawrence. I'm not trying to apply that but he has the sort of game where he can take on uh, uh blockers he can he can play in the run games uh sufficiently give uh demarcus lawrence the kind of rest that he might need uh without sacrificing too much uh in the run game uh early on if you like you know he, this is a guy i think that will play a lot on first and second downs in the second half of the of games right like you know when right. once the cowboys have established some uh, uh, some scoring hopefully both of these guys, I think, are guys that if the Cowboys establish a lead, that is when these guys are going to start playing more. You know, so uh, yeah, at least at least until they at least until they can stop another team from from running the football. So, to to me, if you're just looking at it from like a contract, you know, standpoint, Landon, this is really somebody the Cowboys brought in to compete with Dorrance Armstrong and not necessarily compete for starter snaps, no. right? Mm-hmm. I remember Dorrance Armstrong's deal is up after the end of this year. Uh, Basham will be on this team probably for the next two years as he got a two-year deal. So it's between Armstrong and Basham to battle it out. And I think Bradley and I might have something to say about it. But yeah, for this sure. is a team that didn't have really any depth at defensive end. Really, you know, they had Gregory, they had Lawrence, they had Armstrong who... I don't even know what to think of Doran Armstrong at this point because he's played in so many different schemes. He's played as a stand-up Sam linebacker at some point in time. I don't really know. And then Bradley and I, who only played, was it like four snaps last year? So mm-hmm. they needed another body. They needed somebody that you know had a bunch of snaps that you can put in and that's not going to kill you. Uh, and I think that's Terrell Basham. Is it the most exciting signing in the world? No. Uh, but as our get our friend John Oning, who we're going to keep mentioning on this podcast over and over, uh, he called him an ascending player who is getting better with every single snap uh, that can win with his hands. Uh, and again, if he's your fourth defensive end, I think you're doing very, very well. Uh, let's talk about where the Cowboys are at just at with their defensive line as a whole because it's very, very interesting. We just talked about the defensive linemen uh, or the defensive ends. The defensive tackles are fascinating because you have Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore as your three techniques, uh, and then you have Urban and Woods as your one techniques. Uh, where, do you, where do the Cowboys stand now at their defensive line? 
Well, I, you know, I think what they've managed to do so far is really kind of just fill out the depth. I mean, obviously what they're trying to do, you know, uh, just based on the early spending is really set up their young interior defensive linemen for success. I, I, I think they're trying to get guys in there who can take a lot of the load of, of defending the run off of uh, Tristan Hill and, and Gallimore uh, and try to put it onto, you know, the, it's, it's proper place. I mean, they needed... I think there was. I think there's been a, a, a disconnect between what we've been saying about one technique and what people want, right? Like I, I think we've been asking for the Cowboys to take the position more seriously and spend some money here, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that necessarily means you have to spend big money here, uh, but I think what the Cowboys have done is managed to find you know a guy in, in Urban who specifically solves a very specific need. Yes. Inject inject him into uh, uh, the defensive line so you don't have to maybe worry about how you're going to play those rundown snaps, uh, and and they haven't really signed anybody who is going to um, take away from the opportunities that you want to provide uh, Gallimore and Hill to get better. To, to, well, to, and really really quickly, just to interrupt yeah, you really quickly, please. I think one of the good things about the signing of Urban or, is that now you don't have to spend, let's say, a third-round pick on a one-technique yeah. only, right? Like, we've been talking about guys that are in that range, the the Marvin Wilsons, the uh, Tyler Shelvin, the the kid from Ohio State. I don't think that's a need anymore, right? Like, you could, you're, you're good with what you have with Woods and Urban in that specific role. So that frees you up to potentially draft a guy that's maybe more of a penetrator, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, you, you had a, a large need at, at defensive tackle. And I think that's the thing that we talked about uh, at different points is that it, it was multifaceted. I mean, you, you had a need at a guy that, that would be kind of a dominant run player that would help keep the linebackers clean. But I, I think you also still needed that one more penetrating pass rusher that you could put into this rotation that could be effective against against the past pass. And I, I don't I don't know that they've added that guy yet. They've added the, the run defender guy to, to kind of clear up that dimension. Uh, but still, I think that they're probably going to need to add one more penetrating defensive uh, tackle to kind of help complement what you hope you get out of Tristan Hill and Gallimore. Right. And, you know, and maybe maybe one of those two guys absolutely blows up in, in training camp and you don't need to carry all of them. But if you draft a guy who, you know, can be a developmental or, you know, uh, you know a guy that you don't have to rely on full time uh, immediately for, for pass rush snaps, uh, that could, you know, defensive tackle is one of those positions that takes a couple years sometimes. So yes, yes, uh, it, yes. it would be good to get a guy in here who's young. You're not relying to be your your top guy immediately. He can work in with Gallimore and Hill uh, and, and, and just get the snaps he needs while he's developing. And then maybe by the time you reach the end of the season, uh, suddenly you've got a really great trio of interior pass rushers that you can deploy in a number of different ways. So, uh, yeah, I like it simply because you're right. It, it eliminates the the thought of I need to figure out a defensive tackle situation that will help improve the run game. Now I think you've got enough that you could you know maybe sign one more guy or maybe get an undrafted free agent that could be like a third nose tackle to kind of rotate in with these guys or maybe a late late draft pick if you if you're interested in another guy down the uh, down the uh, the role that that could be suitable in this role. But I think that right now they've they've solved the problem that they had. 
uh, you know, kind of, or not solved, but I think that they've they've made great headway in the problem of of the defensive tackle run stopping, you know, keeping the linebacker yes. clear element. And now they need to kind of focus on what can we do to improve the uh, penetration a- aspect of, of the interior pass rush. So so where do we think we, they go now at defensive line? Do we think they add another veteran? I know we've mentioned Gerald McCoy as a possibility. I, I still think that's on the table, especially as we get further into free agency. And again, that might even be one that happens after the draft, right? Let, like, let's see where he's at in May and June. Is there anybody else out there that you think would make sense for this defensive line? I think that they should seriously look at some of these trade opportunities and, and try to pull a situation that they did with Robert Quinn last year. Get a guy who is uh, maybe a rental. Maybe uh, maybe see what exactly Chicago wants for Akeem Hicks. You know, see that one's interesting because it sounds like the reason he wants traded is he wants a long term deal, and that's not something I think Dallas is interested in. If that's the case, yeah, then maybe not. But I think there might be other guys similar to that, right? That you know that, that you could get a situation where. Uh, or a cut guy, you know, where you can get a guy who's looking to rehab his career uh, and, and looking to kind of get another payday. And you can get on a one-year rental, either on a one-year signing uh, that, that's a free agent or a guy who's nearing the end of his deal, is looking for a, a change of scenery. Maybe a scheme change has happened, especially with these kind of penetrating defensive sure. tackles. That happens sure. a lot. Uh, and then see if you can tra- flop something for him and then get like a nice comp pick on the back end once he uh, signs with another team next year. I, I think there's still... Lots of opportunities to improve the pass rush on this on, on the interior here. It doesn't necessarily have to be through the draft, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be through free agency either. I mean, it, it could it could easily be a situation where there's a trade or where a, a signing from a team causes them to cut another guy who suddenly becomes available. So there's still opportunities to improve the uh, interior pass rush here, even if they aren't. Uh, easily seeable easily visible to us sure. it's like we are saying sure. sometimes we go to these lists and we look at the, the list of available free agents uh on these websites and we think oh that's the totality of what's available to, to the cowboys at defensive tackle position that's not the case there's names that are not on these lists that the gms know hey this guy is available these teams are calling about this guy uh so uh, i think there's other opportunities for them to get better outside of just the guys that are on this uh, free agent list can i can i reckless, recklessly speculate on a couple names that I love it. I love it. Let's hear it. Uh, A guy that the Cowboys actually graded as the number one player in the 2019 class uh, has kind of underperformed a little bit. What about like Ed Oliver in Buffalo? Yeah. I mean, obviously he's a, he's a fit for what we're doing. I don't know. I mean, clearly they've had, uh, uh, you know some concerns with 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 the way he's played. He has not worked out exactly the way that they wanted, especially for the tenth overall player. Um, and and maybe he's not a full scheme fit for what they're doing anymore. I, and I I think you know you started to see them make some moves along the uh, the defense. I'm pretty sure that, didn't they just sign a, uh, some defensive? Yeah, they too? they've signed a bunch of a uh, yeah. bunch of guys, and they've got depth. And actually, they're thinking about playing AJ Epinesa inside. So they've they've got some they've got some guys there. I'll give you another one. Um, what about Jerry Tillery, a, a Notre Dame Notre first Dame, round yeah. pick? Yeah, the Chargers actually have a lot of depth at defensive tackle. They've got Linval Joseph, Justin Jones, uh, a couple other guys that they've brought in. Is that one interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, I think any of these kind of. I like Tillery coming out. I thought that he wasn't quite. Uh, 
as explosive as, as, as you always want necessarily, mm-hmm. but I think he could definitely give you a lot of solid snaps. And I think he is a good pass rusher. I mean, he's long and he's got, uh, uh, He's got that kind of ability to to slip, be slippery inside. So I, I like him. I think Ed Oliver is more of a fit, maybe for what we're trying to do or what we're looking for. But I think you know, a lot all these names should be considered. All these names are good names. And I'll give you one last one. Let's what about it. like Maurice Hurst for the the Las Vegas Raiders? It's somebody that we bring up a lot. I could actually see maybe a, a player swap for that one. Hurst is in the final year of his deal. What if the Cowboys want to give a guard that's in the final year of their deal, right? What if it's a, I mean, a Connor Williams for Maurice Hurst flop, right? The Cowboys already have a guy to potentially replace him in uh, Connor McGovern. Uh, Las Vegas needs some guards. I again, I know people know that I work for the. Ra- I mean, I write yeah. for the Raiders. I'm not suggesting I've heard that at all. It's just if you're looking for one of these player swaps or guys that are in the you know last year of a deal, that one makes some sense to me as well. I do. Think I think, Landon, there's going to be one or two names from the defensive tackle market that emerge over the next couple weeks as potential targets. I have no idea who they're going to be yet. Taven Bryan, maybe in Jacksonville, is somebody that's interesting. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if Jacksonville is going to pick up his fifth-year option. So there will be guys available, and I'm curious to see how that plays out. Any final thoughts on the Cowboys' defensive line as we head into the weekend? Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to what we were talking about, you know, with the cornerback position, the thing about playing a very specific scheme is that, you know, some of these players specifically at – cornerback and defensive tackle are not uh the the guys that you're looking for are not scheme fits across the league you know like a a, a penetrating three technique like ed oliver is not going to be able to fit in a two a two gap system like you're you're not you're not looking for ed oliver to play defensive tackle or defensive end in your uh you know in your two in your two gapping three four defense right like so i think some of these guys are going to have different markets than you would expect you can get a high quality player who could play the position of three technique on your defense at a high level uh a lot cheaper than you would imagine sometimes because they uh, provide a service that not every team needs so I, i would just a lot of these names that we've thrown out are are interesting names but i think it's it shows you that there are players out there that can be had. And, and look, I, I would I would also promote, like we've said, the Cowboys have these extra comp picks, right? They should Four not be afraid. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, right? They should yeah, not be afraid yeah. to, to use them uh, in trades. Obviously, trading around in the draft is great. But again, the idea of flipping a comp pick for a, a veteran player who could come in and help your football team right away, especially at a position like defensive tackle, like you could get a young guy mm-hmm. who's a veteran who has some snaps. I think that would be really beneficial to to the other two defensive tackles that you have on your roster uh, and, and, and let them be a young, hungry group that's that's going after the quarterback. I would also say I think defensive end is another spot the Cowboys should look at. We've seen them now in the last couple of years. They traded for Robert Quinn. They signed Everson Griffin. It's pretty clear that they want to continue to do this at defensive end, you know, flipping, you know, guys that are on one-year contracts or guys that are looking to bounce back, uh, Alden Smith. There are some more of those kind of guys out yep. there as well if the Cowboys want to do that. And I would not be surprised if they're interested in that, uh, considering that they need another proven edge rusher. So, Keep an eye on the the defensive end market over the next couple weeks leading up until the NFL draft. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.